everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Train Like a Trooper. I'm Sarah Stewart, Director of Media Operations for the Department of Public Safety. I've got my co-host here, Trooper Eric Foster, who's the Public Information Officer for the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. You probably see him on TV from time to time. A lot more when there's weather going on and big crashes. Uh, and today we have uh, Captain Gary Vinson with us, who's actually the captain in Troop K, which is headquartered in Perry. But we have him here today to talk about a special group of troopers that we have called the OHP Honor Guard. Captain Vinson, tell us, what is the Honor Guard? So the Honor Guard is a group of members of the patrol that are trained to give the honors to a retired trooper or a trooper killed in the line of duty. Um, it's, it's kind of compared to like the tune, the Unknown Guard. That's how we learned our movements. The guy that actually taught me how to do this was... Uh, retired Captain Jeff Griffith. He's the one that taught me how to do all these movements and pass it on down as we go, if you didn't know that. Anyway, uh, we want to render honors to a trooper or a fallen trooper. And um, whether you think about this or the psychology of it or not, death is a very impressionable thing for a person's brain to absorb. And so when I got on the honor guard, I wanted to make a difference and do something for the family. Uh, I didn't really understand all the mechanism of the honor guard and what was going on until I got to interact with the families and see <clears throat> exactly what's going to or how it's going to affect them as we do things. So, lack of better terms, when they're saying goodbye to a loved one, this is an impact or an impression on their brain that we want to, if you will, soften and have something they can remember and, and know that we did it right and give that trooper his honors that he does deserve. And Trooper Foster, you actually just recently became a member of the Honor Guard. I did. I, I you know, I just, I've been able to go to three or four, I can't, I've lost count now. And it, it really, uh, it opened my eyes, you know, working the road and, and just, and seeing the Honor Guard perform their, what they needed to do. And then to be a part of it is different. Uh, see how serious it is, uh, you know, to the members of the Honor Guard and, um, you know, the, the way that they handle themselves, even in a command presence fashion, uh, is very, I can see now really behind the scenes, I can see how important it is for the patrol, but also for those families to see that we do honor them uh, with, with effort, with time, with, you know, with compassion and things like that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud to say that I got, you know, I got to be a member of the Honor Guard for now. So Captain, what does the Honor Guard do at a funeral? Well, our responsibilities uh, range from whatever the family may want, but what we usually offer them is we can carry the casket if they want us to be casket bearers. We also fold the flag, which is it's an American flag that's draped over the casket. And then we fire a 21-gun salute and blow taps. And then we make a flag presentation to the family of the flag that we have fold so they can keep that as their loved one can remember them. And you're kind of talking about the impact that this makes on, on the family. You know, I've been to a handful too and seen it and it's, that's so emotional when you hand that flag over. I it think. is. Uh, I didn't, I really, when I was just a member like Trooper Foster was, I was just out there doing what I was told to do. And now that I'm in the middle of it, handing that flag to the widow or the family member, whoever it is, uh, I have to suck back some tears sometimes now <laughs> because I see the impact directly of, of what it does to them and uh, pay attention to what's going on there. So we, we want them to remember the patrol as a professional organization and that we are doing this for them. And we are a family uh, 
department and we want to take care of our own and, and I hate to use this term, but send them off right. (laughs) Well, and we get messages. Sometimes we'll get phone calls. Sometimes we'll get Facebook messages from people just talking about how appreciative they were of that service and how much it meant to them. We get a lot of thank you notes. Uh, They usually come directly to my office and I let the guys know that uh, they did a great job. Of course, when we train, we train our guys. We try to train every other month, depending on how many funerals we have to go to, which that's kind of OJT for us. It has been lately, but uh, when we train those guys, uh, it's it's all direct and concise movements. But when we get to the assignment, it changes, and uh, they know a base of what to do because the family has decided they wanted this or something else that we talked about, so nobody ever knows the changes or the mess-ups but us. So <laughs> we just we want it to look good for the family. Can you talk a little bit about the the history of the Honor Guard and kind of, you know, when it started and how it's evolved? What I know of it, um, I think back in maybe the late 60s or early 70s, they used to wear chrome helmets, chrome army helmets. Do you know that? And they had black boots with white laces in them tucked in and with their pants tucked in. And somewhere along the line, uh, I remember retired Lieutenant Bill Price was part of that. The only reason I know that because I went to church with him in Newcastle, and uh, he was part of it, and he was a retired Marine, so he kind of put that together is what I was told. And then it, it kind of fizzled for a while, I think, and then Chief Cotton Allen came in, and he wanted it revamped, and he chose retired Major Jim Roper and Captain Jeff Griffith. Roper was a member of the Marine Corps that served, I just, just had a loss, on the— uh, it's not Air Force One. It's Marine One. That's Marine what one. he was on Marine One. So uh, very concise movements. He knew the movements and everything he did was perfect. Uh, retired Captain Jeff Griffith was on, like I said, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the guard on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And uh, he taught us precise, crisp, and quick movements and uh, did a did an excellent job. Uh, is it... It's continued on. Uh, eventually, it was passed on to me, which I'm looking to Trooper Foster to take it over one of these days because we're always looking for replacements. Anyway, uh, I, I was, like I said, I was a member like Foster was, and one day Griffith walks up to me and says, you got this today. And uh, it was uh, OJT real fast. Uh, Captain, no, Chief Gary Adams was there to make the flag presentation. And so I'm calling all the commands. This is my deal. And I learned my lesson the hard way right there real fast. Nobody knew it but me. But anyway, while he was making the flag presentation, I started calling commands to get us ready to shoot. And (laughs) he came up to me later on. Hey, I appreciate you hurrying me up like that, Trooper. (laughs) So (laughs) I learned to pay attention to what was going on with the family. He had to finish up his flag presentation. And that's kind of our cue to go ahead and follow through with what we we're getting ready to do. And you're talking about like the concise movements and the training. I, I, I went and watched you guys in your training just a little bit the other day. And I mean, you're just doing it over and over and over again. Cause if one person was off just a little bit, you guys they did it again. And it's all about muscle memory. Uh, and those guys know that even if the, the wrong command is called, they know what the next movement is. So it, it all looks good. Now, a lot of, uh, I would say the bulk probably of what you do obviously is going to retired troopers funerals. Probably, would you say that? Uh, probably 85% of our assignments are. Every now and then we'll get a uh, request to go post flags at somebody that's going to speak somewhere. We have uh, 
done a couple parades where we <clears throat> marched holding flags and guns for three or four miles uh, in July. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing one thing I might also touch on is our uniform is we have bike jackets, but we always show up in long sleeves. And for those of you who don't know, this this long sleeve is a wool shirt and doesn't breathe well, well, real well in the summer months. So uh, you'll be standing beside a guy watching the, the sweat drip off of him, and <laughs> there's a good reason for it. So but, good, good bonding experience, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that day? Yeah, so, so the past few funerals that we've done, uh, we did one a few weeks ago where it was five below. We buried guys in the snow, carried the casket in the snow, and carried it when it's hot. But uh, it really doesn't matter matter to us. We just want to give that honor that is due. And I know, obviously, it's emotional, you know, no matter what funeral you're there participating in. But I know last year we, you know, buried one of our active duty members, um, Captain Jeff Sewell. And that I'm sure that's really tough on you guys when it's somebody that you're, you're working side by side with. Yes. Uh, I use Jeff quite a bit in some academies that I had done. And uh, we were very close and still close with his family. And, and so, like I said, to hand that flag to the widow or the family member is uh, time to troop her up whenever you do that because it's all about them and 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 let them do what they need to do. So that's got to be tough sometimes though because you're I mean you're performing a job obviously and you're yeah. trying to be professional but then you've got those emotions there too. So I'll throw this in real quick. Uh, you guys don't know this, but you remember uh, Captain Pete Norwood? Yes. Yes. Okay, so Pete was over here at PIO right. for a while. He was on the honor guard with me for. Quite a few years, and uh, we did his funeral, and it really didn't hit me until we were carrying Pete's casket to the hearse. And I thought, "This is Pete," and uh, so that's when it really kind of hit me. And the impact that we make on families and and what it does to our guys. I get concerned about the honor guard members, and I tell them every once in a while, if you guys are having any issues, give me a call, because um, I know some of these guys may be close to somebody. It may affect them. You don't think that that stuff so to speak, messes with your head, but it can, and, and it'll catch up with you sooner or later. So I want to be able to identify that and let them, let our guys keep going, walk in a straight line. You talked about some of the other things that you do. Like I know I um, was at a Thunder game once, they presented the colors at the Thunder game. So sometimes there's, sometimes you get to do things that are a little more lighthearted. Yeah, that gave us some national attention. And uh, I think they usually request us three or four times a year, whether we can make it or not is, is another story, but uh, yeah. Uh, so posting flags at different events like that, we also do that. Uh, we've done a couple of Walmart grand openings. Yeah. Well, all right then. <laughs> no, they I... do it all, folks. Just call up here and request. <laughs> Trooper Foster, what what has been your? You said you've done a few funerals now. This you're new to this position, and what kind of you know what has it meant to you, and what have you noticed and learned in being this? Yeah, I, I love to see how the honor, and I love to see the uh, the professionalism. It, it just really shows, you know, before. You know, you you know these troopers that you're standing next to and you know them really well in kind of a loose situation. But to see when it's time to lock up is very indicative of how we train all the time. You know, being able to be professional, being able to, uh, you know, give honor and those things. It's really uh, it's really eye opening to see it in that form. And then also, um, you know, to see uh 
to, to be able to adapt on the fly because, you know, every time when you when you get out to a graveside, maybe it's never the same. Everything is laid out differently every time. And so to try to, you know, uh, th- you know, these these guys are thinking on their feet and it's it's very indicative of how we train. And I can see how it shows, uh, you know, great honor and respect to family when they see, uh, you know, the Highway Patrol in in full uniform. You know, we're in full winter you know, uniform with their eye jacket and that uh, that hat and, and the gloves on. And it's, you know, I, I enjoy it um, if you can enjoy it. But, I mean, I, I enjoy the, the teamwork and the camaraderie there as well. What, what The training, is it, like you said, Captain, is it just a lot of, you know, going through the motions and, and making over sure and, you remember it? Yes, over and over again. So let me tell one on Trooper Foster real fast. Yeah. What's it been now since – been trained for a month, month. been on it a month. Mm-hmm. So he knows the movements. He knows what he's supposed to do no matter what, whatever happens. Uh, two weeks ago, we went to Woodward, and these guys are taught that after we shoot our volley, when you come down, you can't look at your holster when you're putting your weapon in because you have to get ready for uh, prison arms and blowing taps. So I tell them, if you miss your holster, drop your gun. Nobody's going to see it. Just drop it in the grass. And exactly what Trooper Foster just said, these guys make decisions on the fly. So I was standing, I happened to be standing right behind him calling commands while they were shooting the volley. And we get through shooting. I tell him the holster and I see him fighting with his holster. He's, he's trying to hit the hole and he's, <laughs> I tell him don't make any quick movements, just freeze is what we do. Well, the whole point here was we were standing on asphalt. And if he dropped his gun, everybody was going to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm whispering to myself, don't drop it. Don't <laughs> drop it. But he did a great job. He got in there. He and, didn't and drop it. Nobody saw it. We were far <laughs> enough from the family. But Good. that goes on. I mean, we've had guys miss the holster because it's straight up and straight down. And like I said, precise and concise, quick and crisp movements. And if you miss, you miss. So. And it is different. So like the gear we're wearing is not is different than what we work in. And so you're used to, you know, you have muscle memory. I can put my gun right now that I'm wearing right back in the holster, no problem. But then, you know, the honor guard deal, it's it's different. It's very ceremonial as well. And so, yeah, it is. It, it's a different feel. And, uh, you know, it just you kind of see respect for those guys because they're practicing with different gear to make sure that they honor appropriately and yeah it's uh, it's unique so i might elaborate on the equipment we don't use rifles Um, we use revolvers that were issued in 1937 oh wow no not that old (laughs) we use 357 revolvers and when we go to different uh, states uh, a lot of people walk up to us you guys still carry six shooters (laughs) (laughs) so the reason behind a revolver is uh, we have a load where we can shoot our three rounds or our 21 rounds and I couldn't find a load that would, our automatics that we carry now, I couldn't find a load that would uh, retract and reload without putting an extra movement in there. And when you start putting extra movements into what we do, it creates for more flaws, if you will. So that's why we still carry a revolver, because it's just hold it up, pull the trigger. It also looks very... You know, and it's traditional, uh, yes. traditional, yeah. yeah, with the brass on your belt and you know the the rounds on your belt. It, it's it's a good look. 
and when you like when I was at your training and you guys were getting ready to shoot, it doesn't matter if I know it's coming or not. Man, that makes me jump every time. I, I know it's coming and I can't. Just... Typical. Everybody does that. Yeah, I'm sure. The, I'm sure it's for people at the funerals, too. It's, sometimes if you're not expecting it, it's like, whoa. The funniest thing about it, we've learned the hard way. Uh, we, we try to get away from the cars and the, and, and the people as much as we can. But there is always somebody at a funeral that feels like they need to lock their car with an alarm. So we've set off quite a few alarms in a volley, and you can just continue on doing what you're doing. There's nothing you can do about it. You guys log a lot of miles, and you you even said you go out of state sometimes. I'm guessing yeah. you'll yeah. If there's a fallen trooper from another state, I try to keep up with that as well as the chief's office does too. Um, if we can get there, most of the time we drive. Every now and then, I I, I have a budget for the honor guard, and some of it comes out of the chief's office as well. But uh, we have flown some troopers. Uh, to different states, but most of the time we drive just for that uh, memory and to be a part of what's going on in the other state if another trooper has been killed in the line of duty. Wow, that's really neat. So it's an honor that extends even outside of our organization. And I, I guarantee you if we have a trooper, good Lord forbid, fall here in Oklahoma, uh, the surrounding states, I've had them come as far mm-hmm. as uh, Pennsylvania wow. for a trooper that was killed in the line of duty. That's neat. So it's a good camaraderie and, and a good brotherhood, if you will. And, and a lot of hours as far as, you know, it may be six-hour round trip just driving, you know, for really maybe two hours of honor guard, you know, honoring, but it's worth it. Yeah. And so we, you know, there's a lot of times we're driving quite quite a long time to do that. So The driving takes longer than the assignment. Right. Yeah. I mean, our Woodward assignment, we've been to uh, uh, further than that into the pan. I don't think you've been there yet, but, uh, I mean, it's even – uh, way on up in the panhandle, we've had to drive and spend the night because it was such a long drive. And uh, so from east to west, north to south, all parts of the state. It's a good thing about this job. You'll find out that uh, you get to see quite a bit of the state that you wouldn't get to see. So, yeah. yeah. How many troopers are on the honor guard? And do you try to do you try to get them from different parts of the state? And is this something that the trooper typically says, hey, I want to I want to do this assignment or do yeah. they get assigned it? Yeah, so for most of them, um, they usually approach me and say, hey, I want to be an Honor Guard member. Uh, we put it out as an opportunity a few times, and I, I think that kind of gets squashed by some peers. They tell me that you you know, you know, won't you won't ever get a day off, and that kind of scares some people. But uh, once you get on and you figure it out, it's, it's a good deal. Uh, there's 15, 15 of us on the Honor Guard right now, and they're from all over the state. Uh, so when I make out the orders for what's going on. I try to pay attention where I don't have to use people twice in a row, but we've had so many <laughs> in the past. And initially, we were down to eight or nine until we got our last new few new guys on, so that helped out quite a bit. It was the same guys going over and over again. So, And I know that pulls – I've been in field command. I get it. It pulls from that field when they have to have coverage, and we're already shorthanded as it is. So I, I try to pay attention to that. And, I'll have troop commanders call me, hey, can you do without him? And we'll make arrangements. So I try to work with the field as much as I can. One other thing I know you guys are involved in every year, we have the you know the law enforcement memorial out here at DPS, and they'll honor the fallen um, officers, like officers and troopers. And I know you guys are involved in that as well. Yeah, um, usually Oklahoma City comes in, and uh, once again, for lack of better terms, they like to run it, which is fine. Um, we just assist, which is what we do anyway. Um, they usually fire the volley, and we do a lot of escort on that and uh, whatever else they may ask us to do. So, but it's a, it's a, 
that's a good thing for people to attend and, and get a good feel of what actual law enforcement officers have given up and done for the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, I think that's why that's one of the things why Honor Guard is so important and why it is important to have this this unit and going to these funerals to show them. I mean, we recognize the sacrifice that these families have made. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I, I agree with you 100 percent on that because I, I want those families to know that dad or grandpa or whoever it was when he was doing what he did, he was he was recognized, respected. And, and, and we appreciate which the word appreciation is not enough to uh, say thank you for what you've done. And that's one thing, you know, I just got back this afternoon from talking to some college students and I was, you know, talking to them about the difference, you know, of the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. And very much it is who you are all the time. It's not a clock in, clock out type of deal. And so uh, these men and women, you know, they they it's part of their life uh, to be a trooper it really is. And so, uh, you know, it's another uh you know, for, for Honor Guard to be there shows that this was a part of their life, and it's very honoring. And uh, it was part of their family's lives, too, by extension. So this is, you know, anything that stands out in your mind, like from the whole, the whole time that you've been been doing Honor Guard, any kind of experience or anything that, that was your favorite, was unusual, it was anything that stands out in your mind you're looking at eric like you have something in mind well, well he's the last one of my experiences <laughs> he did a great job like i said uh, you know the most impressive ones are and and i hate to highlight this but the troopers that are killed on line of duty those are such tremendous turnouts i mean uh, we're talking thousands of people not just from oklahoma but from other states as well so it really does your heart good to know that people are coming in to support that family so when that family of that trooper from Duncan, Oklahoma, or Newcastle, some small town, not realizing, you know, what that trooper did. When these thousands of people show up versus 50, that's a pretty good impact for the family to realize, hey, yeah. we appreciate this. Well, you, run an, you run a very awesome group there, and we appreciate what you guys do, and I know everybody in the state appreciates what you guys do, and we appreciate you coming on the podcast well, and talking to us about it.